So we need to start with a legal disclaimer. All views expressed are our own and do not represent the opinions of any employers, organizations, or clients for whom we work. Any recommendations or advice given in this podcast may or may not be right for you, depending on your circumstances. Please bear this in mind before taking any action. Charting Tracks is brought to you by Chris O'Gorman, Amir Yacoub, and Ben Hennessy Garside. Chris is a digital marketing strategist and digital manager. He's worked previously for Sony Music and was the head of digital at Capitol Records UK. He currently runs a digital marketing agency and develops music artists, working on brand development and marketing strategy. Amir is a record producer, Grammy award-winning engineer, a co-owner of Bison Productions Recording Studios in East London, and the director of Garnish Music Production School in London. Ben is me. I is Ben. <laughs> I'm a singing coach, multi-instrumentalist, composer, and producer. In the past, I've worked in music instrument retail as a record label scout, a live sound engineer, and I'm currently a lecturer at Leeds Conservatoire, teaching voice to popular music students alongside being a dad and a husband. This is the 11th episode of Charting Tracks and is the second of three in which we discuss the art of performance. Uh, yeah, what about you? What about you in a studio setting, Amir? Like, uh, what do you ever have that experience mm. of a singer? You must have where they they come in and they um, they can sing all the right lyrics and they sing all the right notes and they and the, they're in they're, they're in the right place in the bar and they've got a kind of sense of the rhythm maybe, but like it's just sort of a bit dry. Like, do you, and then and then what do you do with that? Yeah. Um, so, mm. you know. It, it, it's so funny, particularly when we're talking about um, uh, musical theatre and what people might be doing with their body, what they're doing with their hands. Obviously, if you're singing in the studio, no one knows what you're doing with your body mm. or your hands. Um, so mm. you can forget all of that. Um, but you have to be able to convey the right emotions on the record. Um, so... Some things that really, um, I think the, what it comes down to for me always is believability. So I, generally speaking, when I'm working with a vocalist, I don't look at the vocalist, right? Because my concern isn't what they're doing with themselves. They could be doing star jumps or posing like Superman I don't give a flying F about all of that, you know? Yeah. I give a damn about how mm -hmm. it translates onto the record. Yeah. So if I don't believe what is being sung, no one else is going to believe it. And I can mm. guarantee that for a fact. Um, because I've grown up listening to voices and and really loving voices. Um Primarily, that would be the instrument that I would be attracted to the most on a record. Um, and my favourite vocal performances have always been the ones that I believe. The ones where the lyric and the melody and the performance all match and mesh together to make me want to laugh or cry or sing or dance or whatever it is, right? And that's what I'm personally looking for. Um, 
So I always create a visual barrier between myself and the singer. Even if the singer is right in front of me, I'll just turn away or I'll close my eyes. That also gives them a level of privacy as well. So they can make all the funny faces they need mm. to make to get to the notes and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah. Um, one thing that springs to mind is... Um, so one of the people who I find the most believable... And, and I find is able to paint a picture with their voice is Michael Jackson. Um, mm. Michael Jackson had a wide range of things that he could do. He could be angry and aggressive on a record. Think about, you know, they don't really care about us. That's a angry, emotive record. Or he could be soft and tender, mm. sort of like um, she's out of my life or lady in my life. Two, two vocal performances where he's really done that. Um, but the things that sticks out most to me is a story that was told about Michael Jackson. James Ingram, who was one of the writers of Pretty Young Thing, of the, of the Thrill album, said that when they were recording Michael Jackson's voice, he would see him at the microphone and then he would disappear. And then he would come back onto the microphone for the next line. <laughs> and when he took a closer look at what was happening... Um, you know, Michael Jackson was going off for a second and then he was dancing and then he jumped back on the microphone. Um, and it was, that's a level of energy that you're bringing to mm. your performance and onto your performance for nobody but but for the record and obviously for mm. yourself, right? Um, and I think this is kind of where the believability comes into it. So, you know, even she's out of my life uh, towards the end of it he actually actually started crying mm. um you know we were talking about maybe controlling the crying and and his voice breaks up and you know yeah um mm. and then you hear a little sniffle and 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 apparently that wasn't put on at all um the engineer bruce swedian and quincy jones kind of looked at each other and went is is, is this guy crying um and he was uh, and, and it's kind of like, Mike, are you all right? <laughs> so this is kind of what it is for me. It's the believability. Um, I obviously don't really care what you're doing. I don't care at all what you're doing to get there. Um, but you have to work harder in the studio to give a more convincing performance because nobody can see you. Mm. Nobody can see you when they play the record back. Nobody can see you at all. And and that's that's really what I strive for. I'm striving to bring that performance out. And I suppose it was ever since I heard this story of um the Stevie Wonder song Living for the City. So the engineers, um Robert Margulef and Malcolm Cecil, they kept stops stopping Stevie Wonder mid take. Um because he was singing and, and obviously a young Stevie, you know, he was like 21, 22. Um, he could, he could sing. Um, mm -hmm. But the song was about the grit of being a black man in this city. Um, and it was, too, and, and, and he'd, he'd have sounded too good and too Be sweet. Clean, yeah. And they wanted to get this rawness out of him. So they kept stopping in mid-take. Stop, stop, stop. And they obviously made him angry. I was going to say, but they're trying to irritate him. <laughs> it's clever. And they got the performance. Right. And that's what it comes down to. Um, I, that's a smart technique, though. That's a smart, that's a smart tactic. 
you you got to you, you it you it's a fine line you know you're going to piss some people off but you know uh, <laughs> for me i think ever since particularly i heard about things like that it's been a, it's been about believability and sometimes even overdoing it just overdoing it um it's not going to come across as overdone and when i say overdoing it i don't mean oversinging i mean overdoing the emotion um mm. Because it's it's not really going to come across, and so you have to do a little bit more when you're in the studio yeah. because nobody's going to see you performing this. Yeah, um, they're going to play it. It's going to be in their ears, and they're going to kind of like make up their own little story about how you were feeling when you were sang that song, and yeah. So you have to heighten that sort of emotion in a in a quite a controlled environment where you don't have an audience to feed back off of, and you don't. Yeah, do it, do it absolutely. Just tricky to do isn't it yeah it is and luckily um and and this is uh this kind of goes back a little bit to the beginning you have the chance to do it over and over again in the studio we have the chance to perfect the performance right but and then you can try different things i suppose like that tactic like these Stephen. so you can try different things in the studio to get that out of them or to, that's right but also the thing about I love about studio performances is that when we're done and when we've done the record, you then have a reference point for the live performance. So, you know, if there is a song where you need to be particularly angry or whatever, you can actually put yourself into that position where you were like, mm. I remember how angry I, I was when they kept restarting <laughs> that tape. And, yeah. you know, I want to take that energy and channel it and maybe it'll come across better mm. in a performance. You can you can even be angrier now that you have a reference point in, um, yeah. as to how to perform and and in and be in those situations. So yeah. Mm. It's all about believability in the studio. Yeah. It's all about that. And that's that's the thing, believability in an environment that's kind of quite controlled and quite um not not dry. I mean, physically dry. Because obviously, in a, a studio, you're trying to. Is that the right? Is that the right phrasing? Trying to make it. A, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's it's a cold environment. Yeah, right. You right. don't have the feedback of the audience going. Yeah. Hey, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it is. I mean, um. Obviously, my role as a producer, particularly when I'm working as a vocal producer, is to give good, positive, constructive yeah. feedback at all times and to coax the performance yeah, out of them yeah that i yeah. want on the record out of them um but you know sometimes sometimes that does mean actually um knowing when to stop as well mm. so um mm. if we're if we if i feel like we're not going to get that performance today luckily there's no audience who's waiting for you right. to perform yeah and so i can just say let's cancel this for today or and come back tomorrow or next week or whatever right that's the thing isn't it yeah no that's the good thing about the studio you can't do that in live <laughs> <laughs> you got to give that performance you try your 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 audience might not be happy <laughs> exactly come back tomorrow guys <laughs> not feared in it yeah <laughs> yeah i mean i'm i'm also I'm presuming that the the sessions will go more smoothly if the artist can bring some of that stuff with them into the studio rather than having you coax mm. it out of them. So, uh, I mean, that's 100% correct. Yeah. And um, one thing I will say is recently, 
when I'm, I'm re-recording something with an artist, um, a song that we recorded maybe three or four months ago, um, and me and the management were listening back to the song, and we were saying, you know, we feel that we could get a better performance, um, not because she's rubbish, she's actually amazing, mm. um, but she didn't know the song as well as she does now. Mm. Um, yeah. so she's had time to sit with the song and, and the performance and, and she also knows within herself that she can give a not even a better performance like technically or anything just a more um, uh, a performance that's more in keeping with the song yep right because there are multiple ways of knowing right yeah and, and one is this kind of like nuts and bolts this pitch in this place at that time but then there's this other which is like deeper uh, like it's, 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 it's a creative artifact. There's a, a sense of it being like a, a narrative or a, there's the meaning behind the song. And quite often it's difficult to hold all of it at once. Mm. I, I know it's the thing that often happens with my students where they, you know, maybe they're writing their own stuff. And so, and in, in the process of writing, they're really in the song. Like they understand it quite deeply because they, they're coming up with it on the fly like it's, this mm. is fresh for them. So there's like a, um, there's a, a newness and a, and a, truth to it for them that's kind of closer to home then as they as as the song becomes more and more refined and they and they start like deciding finally on exactly what the 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 specific notes are going to be and the the then they start thinking about arranging it start thinking about other instruments they start thinking about uh, the overall form mm. um the, their attention goes to all sorts of other places mm. and then and then when that's in place then it's like well then they need to learn it and it's just like a nuts and bolts right what are these words mm. and uh, i need to say the right word on the right pitch at the right time and it, and then they, then they move into this kind of more nuts and boltsy kind of hard and fast place mm. Mm. um but then, then they often need to then come back and rediscover yeah. the song with that same Emotion, yeah. um, connection to it that they had in in the first place. Yeah, of um, course. And so they'll often need like a little bit of a. We'll we'll go back into that, and sometimes the song becomes different and it gets reimagined mm. on the back end of all of that process. And so the interpretation, although the lyrics might be the same, but the interpretation might shift a little. That's right. Um, having sat with the thing for for a while they've more um more potential um directions for the song um the, the song might go but it's almost like you can't get to that place of excellence without doing your nuts and bolts practice have to yeah have to do it have so to do it. yeah and that's another really really important piece of the picture which is practice like i believe so yeah you know and you know it's um it's so a situation which which makes total sense to me for that is um if we have a studio writing session and we have the singer and the singer is a co-writer mm. um there might be me and and one other writer or or more than one other writer in the room along with the artist and and the artist is obviously contributing to the writing but then there's a few of us who are contributing to the writing so not all of the writing is is of the artist hmm. we will put a demo together of course um and uh, that demo vocal will unlikely be the one that's on the final um because the artist will need to go away hmm. and go okay that line that that person came up with i need to make that more mine 
Um, and I need to really get in that headspace. I, I know the ly- lyrics and I know the melody because we did it on the day I recorded the demo, yada, yeah. yada, yada. Um, and I think... Like the, that's like the scratch vocal, right? Exactly. Like the guide or the, yeah. Exactly. And, you know, it's very unlikely in this day and age that you're going to get someone who nails it on the demo vocal. It's yeah. not... It's not like Whitney Houston, but even then, Whitney Houston didn't just turn up and learn the song on the She'd day. She'd been rehearsing the hell out so, of it beforehand, right? Exactly. So M- M- Michael Narada Warden, he's going to have given the tape right. to Whitney Houston and she's going to have sat with that song for maybe mm. m- maybe two days, maybe one day. Yeah. Because it was Whitney Houston and she was insane. Um, but when she goes in and does that demo vocal, obviously she's going in, having done the practice, having done the preparation, having learnt the nuts and bolts. Oh, the melody goes like this in this rhythm mm. and it's this lyric on this note. Um, nowadays, it, it, particularly more so unless you're receiving a song um and you have had some time with it, if you are writing... um you can't really expect to give the performance you would on the final record in that. I mean, some people can do it still. And I would say it's less common um, because of course we have so many chances to do so many takes and perfect um, Mm. it all and all that kind of stuff. But the performance I think will come after having just time to sit with that for a minute and almost like um, Ben, you used a great word disconnect um, from the nuts and bolts and and in a passive way just allow the answers to come to you in in a whatever way you want to look at it if it's if it's from god if it's from the universe or if it's from your nan or whatever um, <laughs> yeah 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 so yeah Do you think I, artists I, I, rehearse enough then before they come in because i know because i've as of you telling that story i was like i think there's a famous a story of i think it's patty labelle but i'm not 100 percent sure i'm pretty pretty sure it is though of a story where she's and i think you may have even told me this i mean no I th- i'm not sure um but uh that she basically you know was doing a session um uh, vocal session mm. and she'd come into the studio and they're all set up and they're like okay miss labelle we're ready to go and um oh no sorry they, they they're still okay we're gonna start one recording we're just gonna yeah you go ahead like a warm-up one mm. uh she get in and sang, sang the song and sang it note perfect and all the emotion and performed as if she was on stage and uh, okay great we're ready to do a take now and she's like oh no i'm done <laughs> That's, oh, oh, that's the take. Bye. Yeah, yeah, I, I know who I, that was. I don't, yeah. th- I don't know if it. I thought it was Patty Labelle, but I don't know if it is. Uh, I, I won't say who it is, just in case I get in trouble. Okay. Um, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, I know. Basically, a big um, female vocalist of 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 kind of like the Patty Labelle kind of like ilk, if you want to call not it that. Her. But not her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, it was that. It was exactly right. that. Um, so she turned up, and. Uh, she just ran through everything and gave it her all and and they were like cool so that was the warm-up let's go <laughs> and she was like that's all you're getting mate see you yeah. later <laughs> because i suppose she's like well i've rehearsed this song yeah yeah and i know that i can go in and i, I suppose everyone works in different ways i mean for her it's just like each time i go and do a track it's going to get less and less yep real it's going to get less and the, the performance will actually be less yep exactly right? so that's why i'm going and you better be ready because it's yep 
Yep, it, yeah. it's a one-time um, opportunity only, yeah. which is quite funny because that's when the studio is the real time, isn't it? Because it's like, oh no, you're 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 not getting another take for me. That's it. That was it. So you better have it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To go back to what you were saying, I was I feel like um people who are really about that life, as as to put it bluntly, um about the life of being a professional uh, vocalist or even this translates to musicians they will have practiced they will have rehearsed they will turn up and they will be like when you press record i'm ready to nail this one on the on mm. the first take no matter what no matter what happens and uh yeah. I, I will be able to do that if i am required to do right. it because i think most artists would be terrified if you said that to them you're going to do the song top to bottom and you're going to do it one take and They'd be like, "What now?" <laughs> so this is this is a thing, then, isn't it? For for any any musicians listening in, like, do your practice. Yeah, <laughs> do your practice. Hundred percent. And you know, yeah. it, it yeah. shows a level level of professionalism. Whether you're doing this in the studio or on the stage, um, yeah, the level of professionalism it shows to turn up to something, having practiced something inside out, and. Yeah. It's definitely easy to do with um, a vocal because all you need to do is find a room where you can just let loose. Right. It could be your bedroom um, and you just go, you know? Yeah. It's fa- it is interesting that. And it's well, I know Dolly Parton's another one for that where she's, by the time she's stepping in a studio, she's so rehearsed and it's like, we're going to just churn these out now, these recordings. And she's like, she'll do a couple of takes on one, she's onto the next, onto the next, onto the next. So she probably won't need more than a day because and and i thought that's the thing isn't it and it's i know and there's other artists i've worked with where um not necessarily in the studio in your setting um amir but more say if we're doing a we're going to do sort of like a video shoot or we're going to yeah. do like a we're going to do some kind of like uh acoustic video content for for youtube or something you know and um you know, I've got our crew, like, you know, not the, the huge crew that you normally have for an official music video shoot, but still a decent crew. You've got videographer and the sound person, yeah, of course. And, you know, hair and makeup, blah, blah, blah. Um, and there have been times, and I'm not going to mention any specific artists, where the artist just hasn't been rehearsed. And because they think, oh, it's new video, you know, it's, it's not like I'm getting up on stage and stuff. It'll be fine. It's like, and so basically a, a day where we should have been able to film at least five different tracks we've ended up just doing two or just doing one because and it's like well you've got less content to use now mm. um and it's something as simple as all we needed to do is be well rehearsed that's it and we could have churned these out so quickly and then maybe done some additional ones done more and we could have done them twice we could have done some cutaways we could have done ex- and just not being rehearsed meant that then it was like we've just got less material to work with now Absolutely. And I would say, uh, um, I'm sure Ben can attest to this. Um, When you rehearse more, you get better quicker, obviously. Um, But you're also, what you're going to end up doing is um, you're going to end up being more prepared no matter where you go. So let's say, for instance, um, you before you needed to rehearse a song for two days before you could get into your performance, Mm. maybe now because practice practicing <laughs> yeah um you can do it in 2 hours yeah 
But, and that's right. And that's what it should be. And that's the thing, because I've brought, you know, I, for instance, if I'm bringing an artist into Vivo and we're doing a, a, a video session with Vivo, you know, first of all, we've done the hard work to get them in there in the first place and to get that promo opportunity. Definitely. And then the artist is trying to learn the song there. It's, you know, it's just embarrassing for everyone. And it's just like a waste <laughs> of an opportunity. And it's like, well, yeah. actually, when you're filming this content, or even if it's just like we're filming some content for their YouTube channel, it's just going to be marketing material. It's like this session should not be for the artist to learn the song or to be um, tweaking, you know, necessarily tweaking song or anything. It should be because we want to try different camera angles and we want to try, mm. you know, we want to spend the time making it look good and, you know, you know, having the setting right and making sure the sound levels are good and stuff. The time shouldn't be going into the artist learning yeah, the song or, or having to make, you know, having to practice it on the spot like that is not where the time so it should be so well rehearsed but by that point that it's like they can just run absolutely spend the time on getting the best content for them and it's amazing how even at the top level there are artists that haven't quite learned that 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 don't yeah and and we end up spending twice as long sometimes three times as long as we need to um just because the they're not rehearsed enough yeah yeah. And I mean, that, that thing about, um, I just want to come back to what you were saying before, um, Amir, yeah. which was th- this thing about as well as you practicing for the thing that you're practicing for, you're also practicing for every other future time you ever need to practice. Yeah. And so, and, th- and this is the thing about, you know, uh, you were talking about Whitney. Um, she's already, before she's been handed that song for the first time, she's already got this real solid foundation of like, she understands her voice. She understands, um, uh, she understands. I mean, I don't know with Whitney Houston, I don't know what her level of theoretical knowledge is or whatever, but she knows what her voice can do. And she'll have a a deep understanding of all the, the, the notes that you would expect in, in Western music and within her own style. Yeah. You know, at least within her own style. Of course. Um, and so that it's kind of like it, what that then would mean is, say, you were to go into this situation, Chris, and um, you were you were filming a video shoot, and there were maybe maybe there's three versions of the song. Maybe someone's done a remix or something, and mm. you as the artist you haven't learned the remix version because you've only done your version. Yeah. But uh, you want to do a slightly different video for the remix remix version than you do for the original. Well, if you're already used to practicing and rehearsing, like Amir says if you need to, to, to relearn a part of that mm. song because you want to reshoot this video where it would have taken you two hours, it might only take you half an hour because yeah. you're, you're a practicer. Mm. The, the, and the practice muscle is... And the practice muscle is developed. Well, and especially yeah. if you've been doing your reviewing, yeah. plan, do reviewing yeah. um, that we talked about way back in, um, uh, way back in the, in the series, you're going to have really... Um, yes, you, you you know how to practice effectively. Yeah, mm. definitely. Um, it does come down to effective practice and um, practicing, practicing. Um, mm. I know I said practicing twice. I did mean to say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is yeah, to practice to practice. Yeah, absolutely. exactly. It's just going to make you um, so much better, so much stronger. It reminds me of when we were talking, and Chris asked the question of when, when, where 
in the studio uh do we write in the studio and do we find that we have the time to do that um obviously mm. if i was in a studio which was an independent studio it costs less per hour so maybe i do have time um however mm. um if i'm in a studio that cuz if i'm in a studio that costs 2000 pounds a day do you think i'm going to stand around and, and you know just twiddle my thumbs how no how so no so i did and if i was the manager of that act or uh, you know on the label side i'd want to know okay we've got a day of studio time how how, how many tracks can get recorded in that time exactly yeah exactly <laughs> so i want the most amount of tracks we can absolutely get done. like imagine you were doing a um a live record um you would have to turn up rehearse for that because yep. there's no doubt that in in my mind like you know i'm so lucky to work with many of the musicians that i do um vocalists and musicians or, or should i say instrument instrumentalists mm. um they do turn up practiced and rehearsed and all of that kind of stuff and they know what they want and they my job is to capture that but also to um coax a little bit more out of them and kind of like yeah. they, there's if there's more they can bring to it um i work with a phenomenal guitarist uh, uh, quite often and um I'll use him as a session musician um, and he comes in and I can literally, he can walk out within half an hour. Yeah. Like yeah. he can, I would be done with him within half an hour because yeah. he's so on point. Uh, he's unbelievable. Um, and, and prepared and practiced and yeah. He's obviously a phenomenal musician, no doubt about that. But um he also has the right attitude when it comes yeah. to learning, when it comes to rehearsing and practicing. Um, and, you know, being around those kind of people just makes you step up your game as well. Um, and it, if you're yeah. not doing that yourself. Do you think there's a difference then between artists and sort of pro-jobbing musicians? Because I think of like for those musicians, it's sort of like they're showing up for work. So yep. it's like... Whereas I, I think a lot of times you don't really get that from the artist, even though you're showing up for work as well. Like this is, yeah. Um, I, I, it depends on the uh, this, and this is where the artistic persona stuff starts feeding yeah. into, right? Because mm. there are some artists that need to look rebellious, yeah, and will live out that rebelliousness <laughs> by not doing their practice, or yeah. by, yeah, you yeah. know. Or, or maybe they've done their practice, but they'll, you know, they'll get trolleyed the night before, and you know, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, too, that's yeah. part of that's but part hey, of their thing. They you know? Because they practice so much, they can do that then. Yeah, and they, absolutely. They've already maybe. done the work ahead of time. Oh hell yeah, 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 yeah maybe. But then, like you know, for some musicians, practice is just not. That's not what they do, and that's fine if that's not what you do. Like, if that's not what you do, just make sure whatever it is that you are doing, mm. you're not going through your day mm. um, detracting from that which you're trying to do. Mm. If you want to go through your day winding winding people up, right? And there are artists for whom mm. that is absolutely, like, that makes perfect sense, <laughs> you know, like, in terms of who you are as a, your persona. If, if you go through your day winding people up wasting record labels money mm. um irritating ir irritating people um not not appearing professional fine like just be that <laughs> know that that's what you're being and know what's going to come along with that yeah. right which is un i mean unless in the act of being that person you're you're bringing in money some other way right whether that's by just getting in the newspaper all the time because that behavior is the kind of behavior that gets you in the newspaper or um whatever it is 
unless you're being uh, unless you're bringing money in, then the label's not going to hang around and put up with that mm. for very long. Yeah. That said, the labels have done in the past and will put up with that mm. if it brings the money in. If it's bringing you know, money in, there's a You'd be amazed what people um, are willing to put up with if it's <laughs> if they're getting paid to do so, if, right? If it's yeah, yeah, if it's uh, making yeah, office or if it's a successful <laughs> act and it's it's working yeah. and it's yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I I will say though that that whole like rock and roll you know kind of let's be a dickhead thing right <laughs> that whole thing um, more and more artists um, are that's a persona yeah. and they know it's a persona yeah. and they're very good at acting that out but they don't actually live that way so and they won't do the, that the, deep, yeah they, they won't, won't they won't that on people. <laughs> inflict that on producers they won't inflict yeah. that on label professionals they won't inflict that yeah that's just what the public sees because it's it's a piece of art. Mm, and, yeah. they, and they see it as such. Mm. Um, so it's perfectly possible um, to act that out and not be that yeah. in your everyday life. But, you know, nonetheless, some people will choose to do that. And so... The thing is, there's know, a certain amount of acting, like the ability of acting. There's a certain amount of acting that goes into pretty much all performing, I think. Because even if you are the artist that lives like every word of your kind of lyrical content, you're not feeling that in the moment, every single moment. There's just no way that, yeah. oh, because you've got a stage time, you know, you're not going to go, wait, I have to feel it. Mm. So I, I, I can't go on stage until I feel it. Mm. Good luck with that. Because Well, you can tell the difference between the professionals and the and the people who want to do it for fun there. Yeah, and hey, if you're like, I'm going to be the type of artist where actually I'll go live on YouTube or when I want to, when I'm feeling it. Okay, fine. That's, uh, you know, you've carved out a way to be able to do that and then to say, I'm only ever going to perform when the mood takes me. Okay, fine. Then, you know, in the digital age, there's probably ways that you can actually carve out a path to do that. Mm. Um, When it comes to actually, you know, live performances and actually, you know, in venues with people and stuff, once we hopefully get back to that once the yep. world resumes. Um, uh, there's normally, uh, even if the most um, rebellious kind of act or artist or, you know, that wouldn't want to be seen to be, no, I'm so real and I'm feeling every moment of my... They can't be feeling it 24 hours a day because, <laughs> I mean, for some of those you're asleep, first of all, but also, like you're just not going to be at that heightened emotional level all the time. So there is some level of acting in the, okay, I'm performing now. So I need to step into that, how I felt then, Mm. you know, so that even, I'm not saying that they're like, you know, faking it, but Mm. there's an element of sort of acting because they're like, right, I need to remember how I felt when I wrote this or at least step into that now for this performance. So, and I don't think that's a bad thing. And I think maybe, you know, there are some artists that would be like, oh, no, I can't do that. I need to feel it. I can't be like, you know, I don't want to think of myself as acting. Mm. But actually, maybe they should embrace that a little bit more and actually think, well, you know, there's something to be said there and it's not necessarily as um, inauthentic as it as it might feel. Yeah. Even acting isn't inauthentic, mm. right? Um, we, uh, I think... Often when in the process of acting or, or creating something, right, I suppose in the act of, when, when you say you're creating something, that 
you're producing something which wasn't there before. And then in that sense, there's a kind of inauthenticity to it. Like it's not already here. It's a new mm. thing. Mm. So there's an invention of some kind, right? And if we're inventing ourselves. So that, but that doesn't mean it's not true because sometimes in the act, in, by, by acting something out, we're pointing at something that is true. Yeah. And, you know, if it doesn't connect with your fans, then it won't connect with your fans. There's something that you're reaching, you're reaching into them and it's touch and it's touching something true, mm. you know, um, even though you 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 might need to you know wear a mask or 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 whatever to um, to to create that thing mm. in them. Um, so we've covered quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about practice. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I really wanted to talk about was um, warming up. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is another this is another example of um, stepping outside of the the um, hmm. and I said performance then and we're talking about mm. performance right <laughs> uh, stepping outside of the performance um, to prepare for the performance yeah um, and you know and again this thing about authenticity like people take take singing right you you're gonna sing um, technically better hmm. if you warm up and if you cool down. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a. You, you're gonna be less likely to do damage to your voice. You're, you're gonna be able to perform for longer. You're gonna be perform, be able to perform um, more often if you do a warm up. Um, often the resistance that comes to warming up is this authenticity thing. Like there's something that feels kind of fake about it, you know, and and daft or silly yeah. or you you know you're making funny noises or, you know, and I, so I, I mentioned Noel Gallagher before. I, I've I've heard him talking about warming up and you know he talks about how all of his backing singers are doing making these funny noises. Which are the funny noises that that I teach my students yeah. to make often, um, and th- there was something in him taking that attitude that supported his truth his you know um his his authentic self that actually might get in the way mm. of his ability to perform mm. it also might not because again this is the thing what is the performance when it comes to Noel Gallagher mm. him talking about warming up being this silly thing that that you know proper singers do whilst he's just being himself yeah you know um for him the him just being himself piece is the performance that matters over and above mm. being able to hit the right note at the right time mm. consistently night in night out whereas for the session musicians they'll be on his gig right but they'll be on another gig maybe the following yeah. night mm. you know or, or, or I mean, it depends how often how often he's he's performing so yeah. they aren't just thinking about living in this artistic persona box it's like they've got to bring the nuts and bolts they've got to be the machines that's the thing because if he he can like no gala can can miss a note or whatever and you know or you know not quite hit a note or sing croaky or something or you know and the fans will probably lap it up because it's the edginess of it that they love and uh you know and he'll and he'll know that however he would not accept the same from his 
session musicians, would he? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Probably, I, I, I don't know, but I mean, yeah. I would think that he. It like, isn't just whoa, about whoa, whoa, his whoa, expectations, Mikey. though. It isn't just about his expectations, though. When you when you're a session True. singer, True. It, they have to think about all their other clients as well. That they, you know, absolutely, yeah. In the day, they might be, you know, they might be doing that in the evenings, and then in the day, they yeah. might have like studio gigs, or they, they, yeah. there could be a whole host of other things going on for them. Hmm. Um, and if he was, if he was the lead singer, hmm. um, and he and he was doing eight shows a week, right? He would need to be doing his warming up. Mm. That's the thing, because you're going to lose your voice eventually. So you're not going to yeah. be able to do anything. So, and and that's the thing. I think you get it a lot of the rock and metal bands, don't you? And the sort of shout shout singing. Um, there's a there's a name for it. I just can't remember what it is. Um, well, with the screaming and the yeah, 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 yeah. like that kind of screamo type. Yeah. Um, and I think that, like, particularly of that genre, there's a lot of kind of like a warming up. No, no, this is just about being raw, and you know. I like- well, I well, I'm just going to say actually. No, no, there's a there's a whole whole heap of metal singers who take their vocal hygiene, like which is vocal health, really seriously, Good. and yeah, and so they have this to. is the thing. A lot of this is perception. They should take it more seriously, probably than mm-hmm. your sort of singer songwriter, folk singer songwriter, because they're what they're doing with their voice is more demanding, um, or could potentially be. more damaging. Yeah, can be. again, it depends on whether you whether you're doing it right or not, and and mm. it depends on how long you've been doing it for, and it depends on, you know, it's perfectly possible for a, for a singer songwriter to be um, performing right. inefficiently, where a metal yeah. singer might be performing efficiently. Right. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, like, but yeah, I agree because the sounds they're making are outside of likely what um, well they're not ordinary sounds that, mm. that people are, are likely to be making in their everyday life Hmm. um there is a more kind of attention to technique if you want to sustain your voice use over a a long period of time Hmm. yeah it's going to be quite and i would say the same as well um as far as um every instrument right Hmm. if 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 warming up Hmm. is is Uh really really important and it's not necessarily particularly rock and roll for you to be doing it yeah it there seems to be, I mean, as you get into like, I mean, this is the thing with 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 like that with the metal stuff. As as you get into the kind of prog metal place, there's a, a, probably a lot more acceptance for practicing your scales in advance, and and you know, and there's a, a more of a discipline, yeah, right, rather around, than like punk or something like that, around where it's things. completely anti that. But then you look at punk bands mm. and the longevity you're probably not going to have, I mean, they tend not to have the biggest amount of longevity too. They even like, yeah. you know, the Sex Pistols is using them, obviously the, the probably the most famous. Um, ultimately, can you sustain that? Do you think that sort of level of um i mean i've 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 worked with with punk musicians and there's and you know there's a, a few certainly the vocalists there's a few changes often that you can make and and the whole thing will get way more efficient and often that's enough for them but it's it's the right it's it's finding the 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 right balance for that really and and often there's pressure from other people mm. there's you know people hanging around trying to be cool whether yeah. it's you know you know people in the you know entourage or whether it's other band members themselves 
mm. kind of, um, which is from my point of view, but then of course I'm like, I'm a singing coach. Like I want yeah, people to have efficient yeah. voices and like, that's, yeah. that's what, what I'm here for, you know? Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, that, that bothers, it, it often mm. bothers me when people aren't doing the basics when it comes yeah. to, um, warming up. Mm. Um, and, and also I can't speak for other instruments, but I know for voice cooling down mm. is really important. And, you know, where studies have been done into it, there's a, a, an increase in vocal efficiency having done a, having done one. Right. Cool. Mm. down. Yeah. Wow. Having done a cool down. It really is like being an athlete. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. The muscle I, like, like any other. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I would agree. And, um, you know, you um, you can hear that as well. Um, you know, a singer, particularly if I'm working with a singer, like on a consistent basis, I can tell when they have and haven't warmed up. Mm. It's weird because um, it, it's just, let's say the quality of the sound is different. Um, so, you know, uh, by quality, I mean... Um, you have one chocolate bar and it tastes like not that good and you have another chocolate bar and it tastes delicious <laughs> it's the difference between those two um right so oftentimes the minute the person is on the microphone and i know their voice very well i'll say have you warmed up today mm. um if i feel like they haven't and they're like no and i'm like look just at least like do five minutes, maybe up to 20 if you need to, to do whatever you need to do um, to get warm. And, and we'll just go from, from there because, you know, it's, it's just, it's not moving in the same way, you know, um, Chris and I both love tennis and, mm -hmm. and we're watching Serena Williams absolutely crush it. And, and <laughs> uh, I, I was listening to the commentary of her match the other day and, and the commentators were saying, you know, it's lovely to see her every morning on the practice court at 8 a.m. Mm. And it's like, you're one of the best tennis players of mm -hmm. all time. What the hell are you doing on the practice court at 8 a.m.? You could rest on your laurels. Mm. You could um, do whatever you want to do. But actually, you're turning up because that's how you got great. Was doing that, yeah. And doing that every day consistently, you know, as a singer, you're likely to sing every day. And uh, I would say a lot of um, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try and um, pretend I'm a voice coach or anything, but I work with voices often, and a lot of people that I um, work with that they, they say I love to warm up in the shower in the morning because I've got all the hot air and and the steam around me, and it can help to make my vocal cords feel better. This may or not may not be sound advice, um, but. Um, I'm going to defer to Ben on that one. But um, <laughs> even um, some singers using straws and bottles and all of that kind of stuff, I see a lot of that happening. And it's a nice, quiet way for them to practice their scales or lines or passages of the song, which they feel might be tricky for them to kind of get to, um, the to to hit correctly as it were um there's loads of ways of doing it um it's just about i suppose um just about making it part of your daily routine isn't it yeah um, and I, I i can't speak too much for every instrument but i know every instrument 
you there will be a healthy way of warming up and it's mm. uh, it, it's a thing that you ought to be doing mm. um and but I, I know for voice um it's really important to distinguish between what's a warm-up and what's a workout mm. right the difference between practicing something and and warming up in preparation to perform mm. that you know if, if yeah if, because you're you, you said up to about 20 minutes yeah and, I would encourage my students to be doing that, but a, a large portion of that twenty minutes actually isn't anything in the voice. It's body. Yeah. It's body work. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, and it's and it's unvoiced or it's unvoiced sound mm. making. Yeah. Um. Right. So, the, um. So yeah, it's much more than twenty minutes, including a lot of stuff that's not actually even singing. Yeah. Directly using the vocal folds, right. much mm. more than that, and you're actually just fatiguing the voice needlessly. Right. Mm. Um, now I can't speak for other instruments. I, I don't know what the recommendations would be, um, but I expect that there will be an amount of time and a, a certain set of actions that makes sense mm. for a given instrument. Um, but nonetheless, that distinction between a warm up mm. and a workout mm. is, is important. Yeah, obviously. You know, if, if if you're on a gig day right. and you've got two hour gig, you don't want to be doing a two hour practice. Mm. Um, you know, certainly from a vocal um, perspective, kind of right before going on to that performance. Mm. You know, of course. Um, so it you you might actually make it worse. You can over you can over warm up. Mm. I guess is the point that I'm making. And so it, it, balance is important, and finding whatever your instrument is. Yeah getting the right yeah. balance. I mean, yeah, you wouldn't see Usain Bolt actually running the 100 metres full pout in warm-up to run the 100 metres full <laughs> right. pout, would yeah. you? And you, yeah. won't, you won't see Definitely. Serena Williams doing the same exactly um, yeah. practice routine on a match day as on a non-match day. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. going to be a different routine. She's not going to, you know, be hitting a 124 miles an hour serve every serve in practice. Yeah. Because she's obviously trying to just get the actions right, the rudiments correct, as it were, you know, so that when she does perform it at a quicker speed yeah. or at a higher intensity or whatever, it's going to pop off in that way. It's going to, it goes back to what Ben was saying about nuts and bolts, you know. Um, many of the artists and, and the singers that I work with, um, and even the instrumentalists, of, of course, uh, they will be rehearsing and practicing in a different way, um, on the day of the studio session, um, they'll be, yeah. maybe they'll be even humming the melody and making sure that they've got the timing right of the how, how they want to inflect this and all of that kind of stuff. And so when they step up to the microphone, it's a different story, isn't it? Um, mm. I've done that in practice run and, and now this is it. Um, this yeah. is me running the 100 meters now. Yeah. So, yeah. Practice is important, though, defo. <laughs> mm. Practice and warming up. Practice yeah. and warm up. And, and, and cool down. The differentials between those, those three things, yeah. Yeah. There's a right way to do it, isn't there? There's a, there's a correct way. There's a, um, a way that's not going to impact in a negative way, right? Uh, yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Bro times. And that brings us to the end of this episode of Charting Tracks. Thanks for listening. Please like, subscribe, rate, star if you haven't already done all of those things. Um, we're on a bunch of different um, platforms. Whichever one you're on, do what you need to do. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, that's great. We're always open for hearing from you. Um, just, just 
stay listening, please. Uh, thank you. Uh, and uh, see you next time. Bye.